Welcome to the SAPTA podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Today I'm joined by Monica Jane, PT, DPT, for a discussion on mindfulness practice and how it can be applied not only in your day-to-day life, but in your work as a PT or PTA. I'll also note that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So not only will we discuss what mindfulness practice is, but Monica will also give listeners some practical tips on how to include mindfulness practice to enhance your quality of life in and outside of the clinic. So Monica, let's go ahead and get started by having you introduce yourselves for our listeners. Thank you, Amelia. Thank you for the wonderful introduction and thank you for having me here. It's truly my honor and pleasure. So I work as a master clinician at Mount Sinai Hospital. I have been there since 2006. I love integrating mindfulness in my daily personal and professional life. I authored the book Healing Heart Mindfully and it was published in 2019. And I'm happily married for more than a decade and have two wonderful kids, 11 and seven year old. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us uh, for this discussion. So I'm really excited to, uh, to be talking about this topic and to have you here. So first thing for listeners, let's just define mindfulness and explain what mindfulness practice is. Sure. So mindfulness is as simple as being fully aware of the present moment, meaning now and here. And how do we become fully aware of the present moment? just getting connected within ourselves and outside. And how do we connect inside ourselves is through our feelings, thoughts, and sensations, and externally in whichever situation we are. So right now, for all of us, the present moment is this podcast. What I said in my introduction is gone. What we are gonna hear next hasn't come. So only being present and fully aware of this moment is mindfulness. So let's talk a little bit about um, how others can apply mindfulness practice in their lives. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about how you discovered mindfulness practice? And just for listeners, Monica wrote a piece for APTA's Perspectives blog um, that we'll put the link in the show page so you can read further, giving us a little bit of background about how she discovered this topic. But I just want you to explain that for listeners. Um, And then how has it helped you personally uh, and then also professionally? So before I dive into that in-depth question, let's everybody take a slow, gentle, deep, conscious breath. So wherever you are, whether with open eyes, closed eyes, whatever feels comfortable, if you are in the safe, comfortable zone. So I invite you all to join me in this one slow, gentle, deep breath. So slow, inhale through your nose and breathe out. And why we focus a lot on breathing, everyone will discover by the end of the podcast. So coming back to your question, how did I discover mindfulness? So it's a very interesting start how I discovered. So it was one of the birthday gifts that my husband gave me a book called Mindfulness in Plain English. Before that, I wasn't even aware about the word mindfulness. I started reading the book in a very skeptical mindset, but by the first chapter, I was already in love with that book. That's how I discovered mindfulness. 
Yeah. And so in your blog post, you expand on just mindfulness in your personal life and then applying it also professionally. So can you, before we go into all that, can you talk about how it has helped you personally um, since reading that book? Sure. So personally, I cannot even imagine how I lived my life before learning about the mindfulness, being the mom, being the physical therapist, and like the whole day is filled of something or the other, like life doesn't come without the stressors or without the challenges. But what mindfulness has helped me is to respond to every situation with resilience, calmness and peace no matter what the external situation is or what the trigger is, I am able to choose to respond with resilience. And that to me means a lot. And same happens at the professional level. I'm able to handle my work stressors and at the same time, integrate the mindfulness practices with my patient care. And Lastly, I'm able to overcome my fears calmly, no matter whether I'm going for more goals or whether I'm fulfilling my dreams. These practices have given me the choice to always operate with resilience, calmness, peace, and clarity. And everybody needs that, I mean, now more than ever with the pandemic, who hasn't gone through all the stressors. So this really, really opens up the choice to choose and create your own experience. So now let's dive into mindfulness in the clinical professional setting, right? So, um, you know, thinking about our audience being PTs, PTAs, and even students. Um, so you gave some examples in uh, your blog post. Again, if you want to read it, it's on APCA.org. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about how mindfulness practice has impacted your clinical practice and just overall can impact clinical practice? Sure. So at, when we go to the clinical practice and how I use mindfulness in clinical practice, so we have two ends, right? We can have the work stressors and then we integrate the practices to the patient care. And with work stressors, no matter whether it's like, you know, a very busy day or when some colleagues call out and you are short on staffing, then how do you manage? Just taking the belly breaths and taking a pause and choosing whether you are reacting or whether you are responding. You can react from being frustrated or getting stressed out or burnt out, or you can choose to respond with calmness and clarity and take one step at a time. So having these practices at work has really helped me to not have toll on my emotional well-being and how I apply it with my patients more than ever, I'm able to educate them to be in the present moment. And I'm sure all of the listeners can relate to it that when patient comes, when patient has some experience, which is not very good or it's painful first time getting out of the bed to the chair after the surgery or having that last 20 degrees of knee flexion bending after the total knee replacement, they carry that experience into the subsequent session. And that sometimes limit their participation. So having them educate to be in the present moment makes a big, big difference. The second thing with the patients is 
having them differentiate between pain and suffering. I practice and integrate a lot of breath work in my plan of care. So what helps is it really helps the patients to navigate through their pain and taking the active participation. And lastly, they feel empowered in the session, not only just with the functional outcomes that they have achieved, but they feel confidence and there is the harmony between their thoughts and their actions and the participation in the session. And that to me is a big win. I'll, I'll share a recent example, like uh, two days before I was treating a post-op surgical patient after the heart surgery. And for 15 days, we were not able to do much other than just the passive range of motion or the little bit of bed exercises because she wasn't tolerating that much medically. But for the first time in the last session, she was able to tolerate and come and we could dangle him at the edge of the bed. But as soon as we saw that she is able to do more, I requested her that, hey, should we get you stand up? Let's try standing. And the first answer was like, no, 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 that's not possible. And I'm like, okay, why is that not possible? She's like, I'm way too weak to stand up. This is my first time getting at the edge of the bed in so many days and I cannot stand up. And I'm like, yes, I completely hear you. If it was before Monica, I would be like, no, 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 you can do it and let's do it and let's just go for it. You are not gonna fall. I mean, and that's nothing wrong in that approach. But with mindfulness practices, how I was able to coach her is, okay, tell me and make me understand why can't you do it? She said, because I haven't done it for such a long time. And I'm like, yes, I completely get it. I would be the same. But is that the reality? She's like, no, that is what I think. And I'm like, yes. So how can you find out that you can stand up or not? And to my surprise, she said, I have to try. And when it comes from the patient's perspective and when they take the active recovery, no wonder. She stood up, she took 10 or 15 steps at the bedside and it was a big, big achievement for her. And at the end, she felt empowered and she said to me, next time I will remember that I'm going to always try before coming to a conclusion. And that was a lot of like breath work and having her. So having her gain that confidence really helped her participate and become an active participant in the recovery. Interesting. So how do you do that? Uh, and I mean, have the patients become empowered and become an active participant while also letting them come to those realizations on their own. Um, like in this case, making that transition from no, I, I can't do that to let me try and ultimately accomplishing the task. So with mindfulness practices, I have developed a better listening skill and I can empathize more. And I really feel that I listen to the patients to understand what is their situation rather than replying them or rather than helping them out at the first instance. And that opens up a lot because all we need to do is help patient navigate into their own power and into their own ability. And once they get it, 
we become the best team because it's the patient's active participation and then we put all the skills together and it's a win-win on both sides. So let's go into some tips because uh, that was an amazing example. Um, So now how can um, listeners really implement this one in their own lives, two in their professional lives, but then also with their patients. So in, in your blog post, you talked about the ABC practice and you can kind of uh, reference that here, um, but any tips that you have for our listeners? Before we dive into the ABC practice, let's one more time do a slow, gentle, conscious breath. So everybody take a slow, gentle, deep breath in through the nose and breathe out. Now, let me just share my ABC practice. So what does ABC stand, right? We all have been learning this through the toddler age. So A is for awareness, B is for breathing, and C is choice. So what does awareness mean? Awareness in in mindfulness terms is being completely aware of your inner state of being. What does that mean? Whether you are frustrated, whether you are worried, whether you are upset, whether you are happy, whatever that inner state of being is, you are completely present to that inner state and you are accepting it 100% without any judgment is what is awareness. And then B is breathing. So my favorite technique for breathing is the belly breathing. All you do is put a hand on the belly and just take few gentle deep breaths. And then comes C, which is choice. Every situation has a choice. You can either react to the situation or respond to the situation. So there is always choice only if we want to choose. So having those three things in mind and practicing it over and over again will train you to use it as a default pattern. So next time, whenever you are in a challenging situation or in a stressful situation, or when things are not working as per your expectation, take a moment and think about the ABC. First, become aware, breathe, and then choose to respond in that particular situation. That's like one simple technique, but I cannot emphasize how much it's gonna bring the transformation in that moment. And it's something that you will be able to feel and realize that you create your own experience amid everything going on. And now for a quick break. Throughout 2021, we're hosting the APTA Centennial Lecture Series. Earn CEUs while exploring topics like clinical practice, payment, and practice management. Upcoming is our June lecture on managing vestibular disorders. Visit centennial.apta.org celebrate to learn more and register. And now let's return to the show. So I just wanted to note for listeners, I hope you're enjoying the breathing exercises that Monica is walking us through. I'm definitely enjoying them myself and doing them alongside Monica. So I hope you are too. Uh, So the next question I wanted to ask is, I wanted to talk about those listeners who might be thinking there's no way that just 
having awareness and practicing breathing exercises can really change what's going on in their lives or the lives around them. Uh, you know, a really good example being the pandemic that we're all living through right now. So any insight there? Can you change the external situation? Can you change what you are going through? And if the answer is yes, by all means, go and do it. But if the answer is no, think about what can you do? What power do you have? You have the power to yourself. You have the power to create your own happiness and be calm no matter what the external situation. It's just the matter of practice and becoming aware. Because most of the time, we are so much into like blaming the situation or blaming others or what is going on. But we forget that in every situation, we have the choice to go inside us to create the experience that we want inside us. We can still choose to be peace and content no matter what is going on outside. We can tap into compassion, we can tap into the gratitude. And sometimes, you know, like I have seen that when I'm too anxious, the breathing makes me more anxious. So what I do at that time is sometimes I would prefer to do some another mindfulness anchors like, a walking meditation where I would walk so that let the kinesthetic anchors come into picture and that kind of grounds me and then I'm able to meditate and then just be in the present moment. So whatever anchors you can use to bring yourself in the present moment and just reminding yourself that where, where, where is the remote control? Do you want the remote control to go in the external situation? Do you want to give the remote control of your happiness, calmness, and peace to the external situations or to other people. And that awareness is going to bring a big, big transformation because you are choosing to be the master of your own experience. So I apologize for the pause there. I'm taking in everything you're saying here, Monica. Um, alongside our listeners. And it's also so interesting to me. So, so choosing to be the master of your own experience, that's so powerful to think about. Um, so one more thing for you, Monica, I wanted to ask, do you have any final thoughts and or advice for listeners? Anything you want to leave us with? So my only two cents would be like what I have learned from my practices, that if you are a beginner, and if you have never like practiced mindfulness, then my, I highly, highly encourage that start it, start somewhere. All you can do is just being aware of your breathing all throughout the day. You can tag it with a pre-programmed activity. For example, before I open the fridge door, I'm just gonna take one deep breath or at every red light, I'm gonna just take one slow conscious deep breath that is a great way to start and just getting aware of the breathing. It's a great, great start for the mindfulness practices and take baby steps, be consistent and do it for four weeks and see what opens up. And for the listeners who have been like practicing mindfulness and who have done, who are regularly doing it, my advice would be to just take a pause and reflect how can you 
take your practices to the next level? Can you increase the duration? Can you increase the frequency? Or maybe you can start sharing the practices, write a blog post, whatever resonates with you. But no matter at what stage you are, always have fun practicing these practices. Monica, thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, I hope our listeners are practicing mindfulness as soon as they end this episode. Um, But thank you so much for all this uh, valuable information. Um, So I know that you're going to do one more breath exercise with all of us. So listeners just uh, hang in there with us. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Amelia. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's truly a pleasure to know everyone on the podcast. And let's end it with just one minute of breath work together. So if you are in a safe, comfortable space, I would invite you to close the eyes and put one hand on the heart and the belly. And first feel your breath. Just feel your inspiration and expiration. And then slowly take one deep breath in and breathe out. Whatever thoughts are coming to your mind, let them pass by like a cloud. Don't analyze them, don't judge them. Just keep bringing your attention to the breath. And slowly, when you are ready, come back and open your eyes gently. And everybody have a great mindful day. Thank you. Thank you so much. APTA podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.